You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. Hi everyone, I am thrilled because this week we have an amazing guest. Her name is Sippy and she is the owner, founder, and designer of Bird Bite Sippy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really great getting ready for the school year. If it's, if it's going to be, if we're going to have a school year. I know. Oh my gosh. It's like, there's so much, ah, there's so much uncertainty, but uh-huh. hope- <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I just wanted to give people a little bit of a background and just to say how much I enjoy your brand. And I just, I love, I love the prints. I think they're, they're so fresh. Thank um, you so, so much. Thank you. We, um, we concentrate on bringing our audience, our platform to a level where people just appreciate design, um, approachable design. So it's everything sort of like just works together, the design along with um, just along with the general aesthetic of the brand. So what inspired you to start your brand? So, okay, so just to backtrack a little bit, I always had um, some sort of, I guess you could say passion for fashion, but it was something very personal and very, you know, something that I just figured would stay for me and for myself. Um, I used to make design my own pieces and make my own pieces. I would get bored in stores, you know, and I just felt uninspired by buying something off the rack. And when I would walk into a fabric shop, I would suddenly just feel like this flow of creativity. And I just started buying fabric, taking it to local dressmakers and designing my own pieces. So that's really where I recognized that I have something, but I wasn't going to pursue anything. Um, As I got older, I pursued a degree in psychology and actually marketing, finance, and psychology, business and business psychology as well. And um, I just, you know, while I was working, I was working and I was in college full time. I was in college and I just kept making my own pieces. And just, you know, my friends kept saying, you know, when are you going to like, can you just make something for me? Can you make something for me? I was like, okay, sure. So I started creating pieces for myself and for my friends. And then I started, um, their friends started to come too. And then slowly, slowly I developed a, um, I just developed like a, I became sort of like a personal stylist. We designed a piece. They were curated for a specific client, like one at a time. And they were custom pieces. So that I start, you know, I just did that one at a time. Um, and then slowly we transition. I transitioned into a full label. Wow. It's, it's just so unbelievable. I, I feel so impressed by you and by women out there that, you know, just like grab the bull by the horns and jump into it. It's uh... ultimately, I think what's important is to recognize your strength and know if you want to do something strong with it and have, you know, just have a clear path, consistency, a lot of Amuna, a lot of Davini and, you know, just go with it. And I, you know, I think there's a strong level of empowerment when someone can recognize a strength and build a support system around that strength and and pursue. 100%. Can you explain the name of your brand? It's so unique. 
<laughs> Thank you. So the name is actually quite simple. It's Bird, my name, Sippy, Sapora. So we decided to have, uh, have a little bit of fun with it. Um, and I decided to spell it with a Y because why not? <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's a pretty, I'm saying it's a pretty name. I think uh, kind of it elicits like that, that kind of like that freedom, you know. Right. I don't know so it's, it sort of has like an, an airiness and um, um, sort of the vibe, the vi the name matches the aesthetic of my brand. I could say flowy, flying, um, soft and strong at the same time. It's sort of like all comes together into one, under one general umbrella of bird. My personality <laughs> and you carry luxury and women's ready to wear so you would describe your aesthetic as like you said soft so the the general aesthetic when we when I started the brand the the general uh, my, my sense of style translated into the brand um, with a, a general like with an aesthetic of draping and asymmetric and things with wings and things that flowed and that was the you know like the signature like people recognized <coughs> excuse me when a bird piece walked into the room people immediately turned and said okay that's bird we covered a, a genre that was very much needed in the firm community where the pieces had a very had a strong edge and had a chic and it was completely tzemiastic at the same time um but yet there's always like a, a pop in it and that pop is usually with an something on an asymmetric or something draped something under the category that that gives it that burr touch and if someone wants to shop your pieces, they can find them online, right? On your website and also in right. other other stores in New York. Yeah, so we wholesale our brand to Jewish boutiques. Um, we have a strong Instagram presence and we have a full website. I also have a location by me. I have a studio in my basement and we turn that into, um, we have open hours there sometimes, occasionally. We, we work by appointment, sometimes open hours, but really it's the website and the stores that um, where, the strong, where our strongest presence is at. And I really feel like you've been, I don't know how long you've been in the business, but it feels like you've been one of the original pioneers of yeah. Yeah. fashion. Is that true? I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, Baruch Hashem, it's beautiful to see how many young entrepreneur designers um, have come up and they're all fantastic. And I can definitely say with confidence that, yeah, I was a pioneer. Um, I ventured into something that, that um, I filled a niche for something that was very much needed. So can describe for us your design process. Like, how does that work? Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a nice process. It's an enjoyable one. I guess, you know, because... I love what I do. Um, there are so many enjoyable elements to it for me. So the the inspiration can come from anywhere. It could come from shop, you know, just walking into a tablecloth store and I see a piece of fabric that I like. The inspiration can come from anywhere, and then I immediately sketch it and I, you know, I try to execute the best design that I can, whatever it is, the design that comes to me. Then we every um, design, every piece of paper has to be translated into a sample. So I work with a handful of pattern makers and sample makers, and we work on the details of the garment. Once the sample is done, we if it's done overseas or if it's done locally in New York, we, um, I, me, my team, we, uh, we fix it up, we make the necessary changes, and once we believe in it and we match the right fabrics toward it, uh, towards the design, now we go straight into production, and that's how we build our seasons. 
So how far in advance do you have to like, let's say your full collection, when did that, that process start for that? So uh, pre-COVID, we pretty much had our timeline pr to a pretty good schedule. You're, you always want to work like uh, six months in advance, meaning right now, pre-COVID, I would be finishing up my spring line and putting it into, I would be finishing up my samples now. So you're always working about six months of, in advance. Production for spring would normally start like November time and be here January time and then we start marketing or like February time and we start marketing for spring. Um, and then to go into fall, we usually go, we usually start like shortly after Pesach. It's basically, you, you need to leave yourself a six month window from when, from when you design to when you want to launch it. Is it hard to think that far in advance or you're used no, to it? No, yeah, so I'll tell you what it is. My strength is that we're not trend, we, we're not, we don't copy trends. We, thankfully, my strength has been that I can create my own, my own trends. So I don't need to compete against anyone else. If let's say tie dye was all the rage right now, it's not something I, it's not something that I liked. It's not something that felt was for my brand and we just didn't do it. And I didn't have to run after, um, run after the, the design and market it because it wasn't something that my brand necessarily needed. My brand is me and my vision and my style and my aesthetic. So I don't have to compete against anything that's trending. So it always gives me that window to create something new and something beautiful. If you want something trendy, you'll have all the other, you know, you'll have the high-end department stores and then you'll have Zara and H&M and they're fantastic and it fills your trend uh, niche for your wardrobe. But if you want a, you know, a specific piece, uh, a piece that just really stands out and a timeless piece, then that's, that's where we step in. So I don't necessarily have to chase trends. I sort of feel like I create my own burr trends so the design uh, process is sort of, um, thankfully, from all the challenges in the business, the designing part is the easy part for me. Um, it comes to me easily, thank God. Baruch Hashem, I don't take it for granted. I'm grateful for it. It's what keeps the, you know, the brand going. Um, that being, you know, that being the case, the designing part is easy. Then we go into straight into sampling. So I'm never necessarily pressured to have a collection that needs to meet certain uh, design trends, certain design trends. Well, I love that. I think it's really important. That's what they say to, you know, be, know, know who you're marketing to, know your niche and, you know, not to just be dedicated to that. Like you said. But no, but at the same time, it, it also poses its um, challenges as well. You know, your vice is your virtue. Your virtue is your vice. What's incredible about my brand is what's difficult about it. Um, the challenges are is that sometimes we find that People don't necessarily need something so so unique. Like let's say over COVID, right? We we designed a beautiful spring line. Also, I cater a lot to June weddings, um, and people going away for Pesach, and all the programs were canceled. So I had a whole dressy line that suddenly no one necessarily needed. So you always have to learn from your circumstances, learn from your strengths, and understand that sometimes your strength is that it can also be your weakness. So we're very we're very aware of what's going on. We're very aware of what the customer's needs are. And that's where we try to create a bird niche. So we're sort of like giving you what you need, but again, with our aesthetic, with our standard. So now knowing, you know, that what the circumstances were like, do you feel like going forward, you might, you know, give people, you know, something, something else that still has your yes. stamp on it? A absolutely. Absolutely. So generally our collection consists of, let's say, Every season, last season, we did 32 pieces, meaning last fall, um, we had about 32 styles. 
I would have to say about 20 of them were higher end dress pieces. And yeah, you know, Baruch Hashem, they sold, it sold beautifully. It was a gorgeous season. But moving ahead, understanding the circumstance right now, we, we see that people don't necessarily need as dressy. So this season, we're doing fewer designs, more colors, less dressy. Um, we're concentrating on basic, but an elevated bird basic. So we're taking what it is, you know, that people want right now, which I would have to say is like a good basic, but we're, we're elevating it. We're bringing it up. Yes. And, you know, I'm, well, I'm very excited to go back into the real world, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, we'll just keep, uh, keep praying. Right. One of the, one of my favorite pieces is your Blair dress, which uh -huh. is perfect to dress up or down. It has the burgundy chiffon with the pleat. Yes, what inspired the this piece? Um, so, okay. Basically, I always try to bring, in every design that I bring, there's always something. It's either going to be good for all year round. It's either good for Shabbos weekday. But the Blair in particular, it was, we started out with a shift cut. You know, I was thinking we want to bring something a little bit. Um, I love I love using soft fabrics, even in winter tones and warmer tones. So we decided that we were going to try to design something um, with, a, with in a chiffon soft fabric, but we wanted to bring it in, um, in a warm tone. So we went with burgundy. And then just one thing evolved into the next. We started with the shift cut. We added the ruffle. We felt it needed a, some, a little bit more. We felt like, uh, you know, I was going out to dinner one night with friends and I saw a woman wearing a beautiful blouse and buttons. I was like, oh my gosh, that the butt, you know, the way the buttons laid, I said that could work great on this dress. So I'm always picking up different inspiration and different pieces. Nothing is close to the, ima to the imagination. And um, as long as you can put it, if I can execute it correctly into the design, I love picking up ideas from anywhere generally. So the Blair was, the buttons came from that lovely woman sitting at the cafe wearing a, a button down blouse. The ruffles, um, it's just it added such a beautiful feminine touch. And the dress is great. You could even wear it. Like I know it's a burgundy, it's a burgundy color, but if styled right with like, with white stilettos, you could totally wear it in July as well. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Throw on a leather jacket, throw on whatever, you know, like you said, boots. Yeah. It's very yeah, pretty. It's, it's a great all year dress. Thank, thank you. Um, really, again, like one thing that we really try to concentrate on is giving a customer like, you know, the most for their money. So if they're coming to me and they're buying a dress, it's likely to have more than just one function. Um, most of my pieces are either all year round or if it's not all year round, then it's good for a Shabbos and weekday. Or if it's not Shabbos and weekday, it's good for carpool and dinner. The pieces like have have such range that you and and because they aren't trendy pieces, you can put in your closet and take it out a year later and enjoy it from new. Usually, any point of the year. I never heard that one. Carpool to dinner. That's a good one. <laughs> But, but it's true. And I get emails all the time to be, I was rushed. My husband called me. He was like waiting outside. I was dressed in the morning. I put on a pair of heels and I was out the door. And it's true. And I've seen it myself. I've seen my, I've seen people, you know, out at night. I've seen people at weddings. I've seen people at, you know, at, at just different occasions, different events. And they're always stopping me and telling me like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing this in the morning or, oh my gosh, I wore this dress in June and now I could wear it in January. So we really bring a, a nice range. Personally, on Shabbos afternoon, for example, I mean, I can be that that way as well. Like, I love a dress that I could wear to shul with my heels, and then right. in the afternoon, I can put fl like pretty flats on and still and go to the park. Right. And if you doze off, and if you doze off on the couch because you're so comfortable and there's no need to change. So I actually did that this past season with one of my dresses. It's the Esme dress. It was a custom design. We actually designed the fabric 
and they custom printed it onto a um, onto a silk fabric. And we did a touch of smocking. We we did smocking by the neck, smocking by the arms, and it was a maxi dress. So I have gotten numerous, like endless messages. How someone wore it to a wedding, she wore it to a backyard wedding. Someone wore pace off. Someone wears a it's her Friday night piece. It's her wedding piece. Someone even wore it to a meeting the other day. I thought that was a little bit much, but it worked for her. So there are no rules. And you do and what listen, works. Yeah. yeah. And if you, you, it's really just about self-expression. It's really about enjoying feeling good in what you're wearing. Yeah. So if you feel good in it and you're rocking it, right? <laughs> so one thing that I am, that I'm very connected to is my standard in Sneas. It's for me. This is a personal message. There is no agenda here. I'm not, I'm just sharing something personal of mine. I try my best to always adhere to rules of Sneas for myself. So it's easy for me to make pieces that, um, that are, it just, it comes to me. Like for me, modesty is important. It's my own personal, um, it's my own personal point of view. I'm not sharing my agenda with anyone, but I just love that I can create such beautiful pieces that are so tzniyas and it doesn't have to compromise anything. A woman can be so beautiful while being so tzniyas. I said it from the very beginning when I started five years ago and I stuck to it till today. And I'm so proud of that. And I feel like there's so, there's such a, a huge, there's such a huge need for, a woman wants to be beautiful. When you look in the mirror, you don't want to see frumpy. You don't want to feel, you know, you, you don't want to feel like, oh, I wish my skirt was a little shorter so I could feel good about myself. You, you know, why do we have to, comp why do I have to compromise that for myself? And I don't want to. So I'm so happy that I have this ability to bring such beautiful pieces so a standard that works for me. And luckily, it works for other people too. Yes. And I mean, I do think like the modest, the fashion space has gotten better about including, like you said, clothes that are sneeze and elevated. But yeah. I'm, it's something, it's a work in progress, I think. But definitely your brand. Yeah. So again, message. it's not, if this is like the underlying, underlying message of my brand, okay, then this, then if someone can pick up on that and enjoy it and appreciate it the way I do, I'm thrilled. It's not, you know, I'm not here to teach anyone. I'm here to improve, to work on myself. And I value that. I, I value that I value it and that it works for other people as well. But again, without any, you know, without any imposition, it's just sort of like the cherry on top for me. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> So let's take your Aria dress in the blue floral. Uh, I love that gorgeous dress. So how can we style that to transition into fall? How would you do it? So for me, it's, um, you know, there's always so many different ways you can go about it. If you want to take that dress and transition it into fall, you pick up on the tone of the dress. The tone has like an underlying gray, like an underlying gray shade. So I would definitely style it with um, gray stockings and a gray heel. Um, there's always the black. Obviously, you can always do black, but I don't, you know, that's okay. So generic, like, of course, you know, you can do that. It works, but I don't love that. I would go with a gray, like a gray opaque stocking and a gray stiletto or gray booty. But I don't love booties with stockings. I like for I like the stocking to match the booty. So like if you're wearing burgundy, you can totally do like a burgundy stocking and a burgundy booty. If you look at my Instagram, I've actually styled a few pieces like that. In fact, I think I might have done no, I didn't do the Aria, I did the Adele. The Adele was also a custom printed dress. It was a um, green and blue flowers. It was a gorgeous dress with like um it was a shift cut with touches of lace. And I actually did style that with burgundy tights and burgundy heels. And that would also work great for the Aria. 
Wow, I I actually never thought about it that way. It's uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to try that out. <laughs> let me know. Let me know how that works for you. I will. And <laughs> I, another. Well, uh, let me ask you this. This is a hard question, but what are your favorites from your current collection? From my current one. Um, hmm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't design a piece unless I love it. I never put a piece into production unless I absolutely 1000% love it. If I don't love it, I don't believe in it. I'm not, I'm going to have a hard time selling it because I wouldn't want to wear it myself. So really when I, you know, when I go on and I talk about my pieces, when I story about my pieces and I always say, oh, this is my favorite. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. But I say about all my, all my pieces, they really are all my favorites. But if you really, really, really want me to like pinpoint I could tell you the Esme dress was my favorite because it was exactly what I needed for every function. I wore it to a backyard wedding, I wore it to bar mitzvah, and I fell I fall asleep on the couch every Shabbos afternoon in that dress. And it washes like a dream. I love it. Then there's the Aria, which is just so magnificent. And unfortunately, this season fell short, so I didn't have much function for it. Normally, we're away for Pesach. Normally, we have, you know endless weddings and bar mitzvahs. So that felt fell a little short. So it's sitting in my closet and I'll wear it on a Shabbos occasionally. <clears throat> but that was definitely a great dress of mine. W one of my favorites, the Aria, the Esme, the Adele. Now what I love about the Adele, <clears throat> I think we're sold out of it, but that piece is such a great all year piece also because we put in uh, it was bright, gr bright green, bright blue and black. So it just works so well for like all parts of the year. Um, I guess I could say that. Those are my, those are my go-to pieces. The Esme, the Aria, the Adele. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are great, great <laughs> choices. And you, you have the May dress as well, which oh, I think it's yeah. like that, uh, chiffon oh button down, right? It's like a great. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's not chiffon. It's a silk Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you for reminding me about that. That is stunning. Um, you see, I told you they're all gorgeous. The, the May is a maxi duster with, um, two slits on the side. So basically you could wear it as a, you could, it's designed as a duster. You could wear it open, you could wear it closed and you could wear it with anything underneath. I wore it practically like at least twice a week this entire season with a maxi denim skirt um for fall i'm gonna wear it with like a leather skirt these it's a great all year piece oh, oh amazing. that but sounds gorgeous yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is thank you and so you know what it's interesting how you see the creative process because i um i designed the may duster and off that duster i designed two other pieces i took we have coming for fall <laughs> For fall, we took the May and we did two different versions of it. Um, one is a mat, well, it's not a maxi, it's actually a midi length duster, but with an exaggerated ruffle collar. I can't wait to show it to everyone. It's going to be an amazing piece. I'm so excited about it. Um, and that was, you know, but we took our May and we just reinvented it a little bit. And then I decided to cut it into a button down into um, a pullover. So I took the May, cut it short. And just added a few buttons and a little bit of a ruffle on the sleeve but it was designed off of that so one piece helped me design two more pieces so going back to the question that you asked me before about the creative process that's another great um technique that i use i'll take some of my existing pieces and i'll design off those as well so you were saying that you um did one piece that was based on the may that's that's shorter right so how right. will people wear that so it's, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for it to arrive. Um, there's, so like I said before, we try to give you like the most for your piece. So that's designed as 
an open, we designed it as an open cardigan with buttons so you can close it, but we decided to make the buttons all the way down. So if you want to wear it as a dress, you can wear it as a dress too. And it's in a beautiful, uh, like it's a, it's called a punto fabric, which is like a thicker jersey. Um, and it has an exaggerated ruffle over the shoulders. Um, like an exact, I'm sorry, not a ruffle, an exaggerated collar over the shoulders. Um, so you could wear it open, you could wear it closed, you could wear it as a dress, or you could just wear it with a skirt underneath. You have about 20 different ways of styling it. That sounds amazing. And it's going to be, going um, to be a your picture. I can't wait to show it to everyone. Yes. And it's also great because you could do a lot with it in terms of um, your like different body types and like playing around with it. Well, what advice would you give women out there that they, because this is a piece that you can use to layer, you could yeah. belt, you could. So how, what, what advice would oh. you give out there for that? So for everyone, you know what it is? Let me just tell you, I am not a size zero. Uh, I can't remember the last time I fit into a size two. Um, I gauge myself off my designs, meaning me not being a size zero, I'm like a size 10. And knowing how, what I want, when I look in the mirror, I want to feel like I'm a size zero. So I design according to me. Um, so usually my design, like the designs work for most body types. Um, it isn't, it isn't, it doesn't just fall for one figure. It really works for everyone. So when it comes to styling the pieces, it's actually simple because most of the styling is already done in the piece. What do I mean? Like this uh, new cardigan that we're going to be introducing soon. Um, you can, for someone who's a little, let's say a little bustier on top, you can button it all the way down to, let's say, um, to where you would belt it to, you know, just down the chest, down the front. And then like where you wear your skirt, you could leave it open so you would have a little bit of a flare there too. You can add a flare. Um, for someone that's, let's say, a little thinner, they can button it all the way down, wear a belt on top, um, and just wear it as a full dress. So it, it really, it comes down to, I realize something, like it doesn't come down to how to style it. It comes down to how a person is comfortable. And these pieces allow you to be, to, to be your most comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel... I like that idea. I like what you were saying about so, how it's, it's in, you know? So some, some techniques, some tricks of the trade that I picked up on, let's say for women like me who we aren't a size zero, um, I love belts. So I always incorporate like some sort of a technique where I can, where I can add a belt. I was like, I could say I was probably one of the first designers to introduce the half belt look. So basically on most of our garments, we create like a small slit on both sides where you could loop a belt through. So you have that finished pretty look in the front where you feel tapered and you feel contoured and you feel you know like you have the right shape and the right you know like you just look more put together i guess and in the back it's a little more open it's a little looser a little flowier so that's like a great trick that i tell most women and especially for larger women they love that because they're getting the shape and they're getting the comfort without compromising the other and you said there's a, there's like a, a slit in the fabric. Yeah. So we designed pieces where you could basically um, put a belt through, through it, it. Like you loop it through. Yeah. So it creates like a half belt look. We have, we really do it in a lot of our pieces, actually. Not all, not everything, but in many. So speaking of confidence and um, inner beauty, which is a very important issue, do you have any advice for women that are struggling in this area? Yes, <laughs> I do. Um, you know, when people ask me about empowerment, I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't come down to fashion and it doesn't come down to looking good. It's about feeling good. And the truest way for someone 
to feel good about themselves isn't by buying a pretty dress and it isn't about looking in the mirror and going, ooh, I love how I look. Because let's say a woman is invited to a party, right? And then she shows up to the party and she feels great and she thinks she looks amazing. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And then she walks in and two seconds later, another woman walks into the room and she knows that this other woman looks better than her like by a million. How does that woman feel? She doesn't feel great about herself anymore. So it doesn't matter that she agonized over what dress to wear and over, you know, her hair and makeup. Someone else walked into the room who looked way better than her and suddenly her confidence goes down again. So it doesn't come down to general appearance. I think it comes down to empowerment. I really believe that, you know, HaKadosh Baruch did a chesed for all of us and he gave every person something that they're good at. It doesn't matter if it's fashion. It doesn't matter if it's Whatever it is, if someone is good at hair, become a hairstylist. If someone is good at reading, become an editor. If someone is good at bake at baking, become a baker. There are so many opportunities to cultivate hobbies. When we take our hobby and we cultivate it correctly and we ensue and pursue something that we're good at, we build our confidence and we empower ourselves best in that way. I felt lucky that I that I have this. I can I feel empowered that I was able to take something that I love to do and something that I'm good at and I empowered myself with it. I think empowerment comes from within. It's really comes from truly recognizing your strengths along with your weaknesses and pursuing and cultivating it correctly. That's a very important message and I'm listening closely because I have two teenage daughters so I know I just I know I know how so we it. I know we how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And we want to, you know, we want what's best for them and we want them to be the happiest that they can be. But I really think ultimately it comes down to every person recognizing their strength and knowing that they can do something with it. But everyone has something. God didn't skip over anyone. You know what I mean? You're so sweet. No, I know. A hundred. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And okay, what were you going to yeah. say? I'm sorry. No, no. It's but it's true. This is this is what it is. We want you know the best way to feel good about yourself is to do something with yourself. And it's kind of. I mean, it's it's sometimes I see that with my with my girls, like you know, trying to cultivate that. Like find you know if they if they don't know what they're good at, you know, try different things, experiment. Right. You know, find you know like. One of my daughters plays the ukulele. Okay, go for that's, it, you know? That's, that's beautiful. That is so fantastic. Um, anything that can give our children a, a form of empowerment, even if they haven't figured it out yet, they might not figure it out as kids. They'll figure it out as adults or, you know, as, as they get a little older, everyone will figure it out eventually. You know, I have a friend who's, who started as a speech therapist years ago. We were in college together. And then, like, she just somehow, like, overnight, she became a huge interior designer. It was something that she always loved to do. It was, it was something that she didn't think she wanted to pursue. But then over time, she just went with it. Uh, I have another friend who was, who's a dental assistant, and now she's a makeup artist. So we don't necessarily find ourselves right away, but it doesn't mean that we won't find it because we will. We just have to respect the process until we get there. Yes. So you were speaking a little bit to the uh, your fall collection. Yeah. What what can we expect and what are you excited about? So I am, oh gosh, I'm so excited about every piece. Baruch Hashem, like every piece was so cultivated correctly. Also, you know, it was, we designed the pieces over COVID uh, while I was quarantined at home with my husband and kids. So it became a family project. Like everyone came down to my basement. We were picking out fabric cards together. We actually had a fun time with it. So this wasn't, wasn't just my own labor of love. It was 
a Waltner family labor of love. So that's something that's special to me. Um, I also realized that this season, people are going to want, aren't going to need such elegant dressy pieces, but I can't ignore the fact that we have to make, you know, the fact that we still need it. So we just made less of it. We made less dressy, but every dressy piece that we have in going into production was custom printed. We designed our own print. Um, it's going to be the same. No, not the same. I, you know, it's going to be magnificent. It's going to be floral, smocking. We did a lot of smocking details. We're bringing back the Esme in a gorgeous, magnificent black and um, um, mustard print. We designed our own print for, for the Esme. So, um, it's not something that we generally like to do. We don't necessarily bring back pieces, but I just felt like oh, the real, like the pieces that just like people just need and want, we decided to bring those back. So we're bringing back the Esme. We are bringing in a magnificent floral maxi dress, uh, which is also great for weddings, great for yumtif, great for Friday nights. So we're doing two of that. We're bringing we're bringing a few, um, we're bringing about four or five dressy pieces, and then we're doing the rest elevated basics in multiple colors. The one piece um, that I'm super excited about, it's a sneak, I could just give you, tell you a little bit about it. It's called the Lulu set. It's um, a woven knit, two-piece, stretchy sweater fabric set. We're doing it in multiple colors. It's very clean cut, um, no frills. No, no, we stepped away from the asymmetric and drape just for this particular set because we just felt it's great to lounge around in, it's great for work, and it just has such function. We're doing that in multiple colors. Um, we're bringing, yeah, so we're just bringing in just like a nice arrangement of elevated basics and definitely our dressy pieces as well. So I'm getting goosebumps just hearing about your new collection. And Thanks. you were saying the set you were describing, is that going to be a, a max skirt or so like a mid We designed it, yeah, we designed it as a midi to maxi length uh, because we just love how it looks with a puffer coat. We realize that, you know, when we design winter, we always have to think about outerwear as well. We don't design outerwear, but our collection has to revolve around it. So we're very careful with skirt lengths. I don't necessarily love midi unless you're wearing a maxi skirt. So we, um, it's either maxi or knee length for our, for our fall winter line. Um, maxi is usually robes or maxi dresses. And then the rest is usually either um, tops or knee-length dresses because you always have to factor in outerwear. You always have to factor in boots, booties, uh, flats, and coats. Oh my goodness! So, it's it's more complicated than I thought it was. You know, no, I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've you got this down, but yeah, you know, I'll tell you why. Because you want your pieces to have function. Like you want to know that you can get dressed, throw your throw on your coat, and then just leave. Like I, you know. People come to me all the time. They're like, my coat is knee length and I hate midi or my coat is short and I don't like short. So we always work around what it is, what gives people the most function. Recently, I acquired someone just, uh, actually someone, one of my neighbors, she just gave away this like long, I, what do you call that? Like the long to the floor wool, like a wool wrap coat. And okay. I've been loving it just because it's like a, uh, I believe it's like a Benetton wool coat. And it's, well, okay. what's great about it is that it, it covers everything so like you said oh, but right so like when people come to me and they're like oh I'm looking for a coat I'm always like either just go really short or really long because when you're wearing a maxi coat you could wear anything underneath yeah definitely you know I actually I take that back because I said I don't do coats I have designed a couple of coats actually they're um it's not something that we're it's not something that I'm huge that I do on a large on a large scale but the few coats that we've done we've done maxi and everyone seems to appreciate that much more because then you can just wear anything underneath what are your goals for the future of your brand? 
just to keep flying, for people to keep loving us, to keep growing, to be in more stores, to be um, to have a stronger presence, not necessarily just in the Jewish market, but in the general fashion market as well. Um, just to bringing you beautiful pieces that can be appreciated and and loved. Well, I really appreciate um, you know you coming on and sharing your inspiration. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. I appreciate um, your amazing work. Keep it up. Your page is great. And you should have much, much Hatzlacha. Amen. And if anybody wants to shop, your website is birdnyc.com, right? Uh, yes, yes. Amazing. I can't wait to see the new collection. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Fashion Detour. I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week. Stop, no, 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 hey.